we watched some like nature show last night because we are mm-hmm. I think a bug hit our house I mean I know that did so Ash came home from work early yesterday didn't like, um David have something last week last week it was like poop nausea fever but nothing like respiratory and so mm-hmm. Ash's XO was out last week with COVID and they oh, had geez. been working together previously and so like he went to get a COVID test and I canceled the babysitter and my clients last night because I didn't want to you know take any chance anyway he's clear for everything um so last night we were just watching tv watching this funny nature show and the pearl fish live in the sea cucumber's butt (laughs) like literally they climb up its anus and live in there like even mate in there and then like feed on its poop (laughs) like my kids were of course very impressed with this information but I was Mm -hmm. like that's pretty gross (laughs) (laughs) the the cycle of life the symbiotic relationship yeah I mean that stuff's cool to me like it's cleaning the ocean and yeah it was impressive they have found up to 15 fish in one sea cucumber before how That's big a is lot a of fish up your butt. These fish looked really tiny, but it's at the bottom of the ocean, so you don't have any. I don't know Perception how big it is. Yeah, pearl fish. I guess they're really tiny. I would imagine. Maybe it was very uh, interesting. Hi, and welcome to the Don't Beat Around the Bush podcast. I'm Addie Holzman, and I'm Haley Kava. We're friends, pelvic floor physical therapists, moms, and occasional hot messes who are here for real, uncensored conversations about all things pelvic health. And because our conversations are uncensored, they're likely not appropriate for little ears. Please remember our disclaimer. Although we both are licensed physical therapists, we are not your physical therapist. Yeah, anyways. And our content is intended for educational and entertainment purposes only. Please consult your own healthcare team for individualized advice, diagnoses, and treatment. Yeah, it's like, I think it's been, I felt more isolated here because like we see my sister and stuff, but that's it, you know, like we had our, like we, you know, it's just hard to leave like your, your family essentially where Mm -hmm. we, you know, we'd socialize with you and Luke and Jess and, and, or like on like a weeknight, it was not a big deal to like stop over, you know, or like that kind of stuff I feel like is hard that kind of stuff is like what I've been like I miss still cam like today he so he wears Lucas's winter coat that Jackie gave us and she um cam was like I want to send this jacket back to Lucas and on the drive to school and I was like well buddy he's grown out of it and he gave it to you and he's like well really I just want to go back (laughs) oh I was just like I know, but, and it's just like, it's crazy that he still says stuff like that. It is. Yeah. He's at that like tipping age where like he remembers, Mm -hmm. um, that's, that's how old Owen was when we went to Kansas and Mm -hmm. he definitely remembered. And, and then Ash is telling me that the likelihood we'll go to West Point, not this coming summer, but a year, like right when you guys should be like maybe coming back or going to ILE. And I'm like, don't do it. <laughs> don't yeah. do it. I feel like that's too far out for you guys. And Ash, like, there will be 50 other 
there will be 50 <laughs> other things that you guys are doing between now and then. So don't get yourself too wrapped up in any of them. <laughs> I like every time he says something, cause I'm not used to any other possibility, but brag. You know, like, I'm just like, oh, mm-hmm. we'll be here forever. Like, why would we ever leave? So then when there's any other possibility, I'm like, what? No, what? Like, <laughs> yeah. So, so Bobby got like picked up, like, so he got picked up for major or whatever. Yeah. So, but, and, and has like an ILE slot, but yeah. because he's doing grad school now, like he has to give up that spot because he would, he's supposed to go like next year. Oh, but because he's not still in school, he will defer for a year. Okay. And so he said that he probably will still have to go to Kansas because like it's better to do it in person. But he's like, I'm gonna see if I can do it like distance virtual or something. Well, uh, if you go anywhere, seriously, Kansas is the most amazing experience ever. Everyone yeah. says it and you're like, whatever, it's Kansas. How, how fun can it possibly be? Is it just because you live on base and like you're yeah. just doing like the, the army thing? The really community hardcore. is so fun because nobody yeah. really works because everyone's just there for like a year. So it's yeah. like you find your little pods of people and it like you walk to school and you like, I don't know. It's just yeah. like, I guess Kim would be starting kindergarten. Like that would be, that would be your right. school's amazing. It's just a special year I don't know and then but well you he's in school now so he's like home more than he would be deploying and it's, it's a lot of work man he it's busy and it's fast-paced and it's hard <laughs> like I'm sure like going back to school um, like 10 years later it's been good I, it, honestly it's been good I'd say he was home so much last year he's definitely not home as much I don't know I feel like I have time like the kids are in school full-time but there's so many things that i I'm working on like so many side things and so many small things that my like ADHD is like not good at staying focused. And then I'm feeling like a lot of pressure to make money. And so then I'm like, I could just get a regular job and I know how much money I'm going to make and it will like take all of this stress away. But then Bobby's like, no, like keep, keep going, keep going. And I do, I feel like I'm on the edge right now. I feel like I'm on the edge of things tipping over into financial <laughs> success, Yeah, but we're not quite, we're not quite there yet. That's awesome. I'm finally today, right before I got on the podcast, I went into my TRICARE portal and I'm finally mm. approved to start submitting claims. <laughs> Thank God, man. Yeah. I tell you like, you're like, Oh, yeah, just fill out this application and get TRICARE authorized. It is not that simple. The application process and then waiting the, I swear, they took the full 90 days to like go through it. It's not just TRICARE. You have TRICARE, Humana, WPS, and you have, it depends on what your question is for who you contact. I have spent hours on the phone this last week and like cool if I had like an administration person or a billing person that's paid to like deal with this stuff great but I'm like holy shit like I don't have time for this <laughs> like I know I see patients so it had better go so smooth like submitting these claims I took an online pelvic she made a comment about the anal sphincter and she was like it's the most intelligent muscle in our whole body. It has to decide mm. if it's holding gas, liquid, or solid and decide what to do with it. I was like, 
that's genius because it's so true and then so it's David, called the sense that's in the that's in the rectal course so it's called the sensing oh, reflex when David had like his diary last week mm. <laughs> like he was like mom I don't trust my farts <laughs> like yeah you shouldn't now buddy <laughs> like you should definitely not trust your farts and your diary. Yeah. So. It's not sure that rectum is not sure what is in there. <laughs> if it's gas or poop or liquid. Oh mm-hmm. my gosh. And so if also- it's liquid, it will tighten up. If it's gas, it will relax. And if it's solid poop, it kind of is like medium. Cause it's like, okay, we don't have to like quench. We can just stay medium until you get to the bathroom. Right. Cause it's more bulk. So thinking about butts, I mean, all the butt mm-hmm. stuff, but I was thinking yeah. about anal fissures. I'm going to call them butt cuts because it sounds funnier. <laughs> That's the name of the episode. <laughs> it's butt cuts. <laughs> and so, um, I'm sure I've shared this before on here, but like I had, yeah. I think starting in when I was 16, started having anal fissures like chronically, until after I was postpartum with my first. And so it was like 10 years of literally bleeding every single time I pooped. Like if I didn't bleed, it was like a surprise. I was like, oh, wow. And my poop was not hard. It was like always soft. And I obviously didn't know what to do about it. But I was looking up anal fissures and wanted to give some tips for people who have anal fissures because I feel like I feel like people talk a lot about hemorrhoids and they're kind of like treatment is kind of the same between them I'm gonna call this the circle of death this is this is how anal fissures become chronic so you start with an injury like maybe you're really constipated and have a really big poop or your sphincters don't relax and they like you know slit or whatever So Mm -hmm. then it goes to pain and you feel that pain from the cuts, which then causes internal, the internal sphincter to spasm because of the pain, which then goes into like a high resting tone, high pressure in the rectum, which then goes into reduced perfusion or circulation to heal the cut that just happened, Mm -hmm. which then goes into local ischemia, decreased oxygen, which then goes into poor healing, which then starts the circle of death all over again with more fissures the next time you poof. (laughs) So yeah. And then really when you have that, that tightness and that like bound down asshole internally and externally, then your poop gets um, more time in the kind of colon and rectum. So it absorbs more water and then it's drier and yeah, it's like circle of death. So big tips that I did was one, I used wipes all the time. Like I never used toilet paper, Mm. obviously if I was out in public or whatever, but using wipes is less abrasive for one. It gets you mm-hmm. cleaner so that if you do have cuts, you're not having not like gonna be infected. Yeah, like poop particles. Did you ever get any like infections in no, your fissures? Never. Um, the doctor in I'm trying to think of where when that was, probably college. They tried to give me nitroglycerin, something like that, cream, okay. which to was try to like to vaso but that's more vasoconstriction. So that's it. No, but it gave me an instant headache. 
like instant because oh, it like, like absorbed so quickly and i was like i literally that's, used it once i'm like no way i'm not doing that that's like witches right witches used to put drugs on their broomsticks and because <laughs> their our mucous membranes absorb like so much did you ever like, hear that growing what? Up? <laughs> no <laughs> tell me more uh, so witches like historically right if, if if it was sort of this they were these crazy women right who rode on broomsticks or whatever and made potions but our mucous membrane so like our vagina and our rectum are uh, really rapid sources of administration of drugs i learned this in a class i took in college that they would put like potions and drugs on the broomstick as a mode of to sit on them and to absorb yeah. them mm-hmm. yeah interesting Into- and but that seems real intense <laughs> yeah it's a it is a like in little kids like if they have a very bad fever they'll give them you can you can do rectal um meds for fever and it goes way faster it works way faster than taking it orally and like sucking up alcohol through tampons we've talked about that multiple right. times <laughs> that's i would not recommend that I, I would quick, recommend quick. really putting any medication on your mucous membranes without your doctor prescribing. Them. Yeah, especially alcohol. That'll get you real messed um, up real fast. So yeah, other tips for anal fissures, like obviously squatty potty. Now I have a bidet, which I highly recommend. They're like 40 bucks. Super easy to put in. They can be really helpful with periods, like just mm. for like cleanliness, but also hemorrhoids, anal fissures, postpartum, all those good things. So I would recommend yeah. the bidet. Yeah. Cause period, you know, period in general, but sort of the period blood is more basic. So it can really kind of mess with your vulvar and vaginal pH and increase your risk kind of right after your cycle or right toward the end of your cycle of developing BV and stuff like that. Yeah. Cool. And then obviously staying regular, um, diet has a lot to do with like your poops, gut health, all those good things. Mm-hmm. Exercise mm-hmm. can be real, like just breathing techniques or mobility can help. I swear. Right. If I do my PRI in the morning, I have to poop within like five minutes. <laughs> and, and, and so like nobody who has, oh, okay, maybe I shouldn't say nobody, but my guess, my inkling is that nobody who has anal fissures has too loose of a butthole. No, I don't. Right, that would unless like you're getting weakness. the anal fissures from like putting things up there that are too big, maybe potentially. But like if you, if yeah, generally having too much laxity in the anus isn't going to be why you have fissures, and so yeah, really getting to the root of relaxing those muscles, learning like all those poop skills, mm-hmm. pelvic floor breath, and letting go, and unclenching your butt cheeks. <laughs> All of those good mm-hmm. things, but all those, yeah. those, all those tips sure. apply to hemorrhoids too. I mean, they're Absolutely. very similar, not the same, but if you do have bleeding, like bright, well, any bleeding with pooping, you definitely need to check in with a doctor. Yeah. Um, yeah. But the differential diagnosis for anal fissures is like ruling out hemorrhoids, fistulas and ulcers. So there's a couple other things that could be going on, but yeah, like making sure yeah. you know yeah. what's going on. Yeah, and kind of knowing your family history and um, you know, getting screened appropriately based on that as well. When do you have to start colonoscopies? Is that over 40? 40 or 50? I don't know. Maybe. I'm not looking forward to that. I think they drug you up pretty good. I think you're pretty out of it. 
<laughs> I um I have five years left probably before I need <laughs> before I need any of that. Um, but like, yeah, I've I've seen like ads for these like poop tests that they can also use to like screen you for colon cancer and stuff like that. Hmm. But I think what would be worse than having a colonoscopy would be having colon cancer. And so absolutely take that camera was- wherever you'd like. I think when people have, you know, bladder problems, bowel problems, hemorrhoids, fissures, is that like a lot of the evaluation and the physicians that you see is like pretty invasive exams, you know? And I think that is maybe why people just put it off or don't, don't want to get it checked out because it isn't super comfortable, but um, I was on the national, what Institute of health NIH or whatever. And one of the articles said like with fissures, internal exam is actually sometimes contraindicated because of the Mm -hmm. butt being so tight or because of (laughs) how painful it is. So Mm -hmm. uh, diagnosing them is not complicated. um, If you have a knowledgeable doctor, but there are like multiple medications, even like Botox is like down the line, if you're not responding to more conservative things is something you can do for your butt. Botox for your butt. Um, So I got these samples that are called RectiCare. So it's rectal lidocaine. Interesting. And I think it has some other stuff in it also. For hemorrhoids? For hemorrhoids, anal fissures, like anal pain, um, is that you can use that to kind of like, almost like lubricate and decrease sensitivity so that Again, we can kind of break that cycle a little bit of pain, tension, pain, tension, pain, tension. I don't know That's how that cool. would feel in a fissure itself, but I'm it's designed for that. So well, if it's lidocaine, yeah. you would imagine that it like it wouldn't hurt. Obviously. Yeah, it's like a uh, cream. I gave some to my sister to try because she sometimes pops some hemis. <laughs> well, I don't really have those anymore. Uh, to try but also like mm-hmm. sits baths or maybe even like mm-hmm. I like a good sits bath. sits bath before you're you know trying to get your bowel movements regular like on kind of a schedule is huge so trying mm-hmm. like warm water in a peri bottle or sits bath before could help relax um, but then like PT you know what really made me mad in no article I looked up today did they mention physical therapy for butt problems <laughs> Yeah. So today that's what I was looking up this morning. I was like, let's go on Google scholar and let's see, I'm going to type in hemorrhoids and physical therapy. You know how many articles came up? Zero. Uh, Not too many. No. Oh my gosh. And so it's like, like, like clinically, anecdotally, physical therapy, pelvic floor physical therapists for so long have been seeing the benefits of, of this. It's like, we need to back it up. And that's where I'm like, oh, maybe I do need to just like man up and do a PhD. <laughs> but like watching Bobby struggle through stats this last semester, I was like, uh, yeah, I can't. <laughs> I don't have time for that. <laughs> it's hard. I can't. <laughs> yeah, that would be crazy. I did find one article, but it was like mixed incontinence. So it was like urinary and fecal. Like it wasn't specifically. Oh, oh specifically for. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. I had a question that came in yesterday on my stories that was, I and I didn't answer it because I wanted to look up the stat before I answered about, yeah, like the rates of fecal incontinence postpartum and how, 10%. how is it 10%? But That's so 10% and is that significantly higher with people who've had fourth or third and fourth degree pairs? 
Mm. So like most of those people who fall in that category have had like some sort of external, you know, anal sphincter injury. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, okay, so this question was specifically like, I have not had an anal sphincter injury. I had no tearing in childbirth, but I'm still experiencing fecal incontinence. And one is like, let's get checked, make sure there's no nerve issue, that there's no whatever, and then rehab. And I think fecal issues are largely unreported. Oh yeah, that's what they said. I was on um, aboutincontinence.org and they said straight up the first sentence, people are very hesitant to report. And Mm -hmm. I get it, yeah. Yeah. The stat on hemorrhoids is about pre- like total lifetime prevalence. About 40% of people will have hemorrhoids, like so like, our total population. I've never had hemorrhoids. It boggles my mind a little bit because of my like extensive history with anal fissures. Like you would, you would think all that pressure, but I'm sure it comes down to like genetics and tissue elasticity and integrity yeah. and all that stuff. But mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I kind of feel like I should have had at some point. I'm glad I haven't, (laughs) but like, I mean, I think you suffered enough in your anus with the fissures for 10 years. (laughs) So I did get one. I had one after I had Robert. Did you see it or do you just feel it? Yeah, I could see it. I could, I mean, I looked, I could see it. It was uncomfortable, but it probably, probably he was like three or four months and it was completely asymptomatic. And then I would say if I'm constipated, um, it will be on the verge. And I just know what I need. I just know I need to get constipation under control and work on like my pelvic floor tension. And then it's, it'll, it'll go away. It It's not that bad. Yeah. I wouldn't say it like impacts my life. It's um, kind of one of those things. Like once you get any kind of injury, like you tweak your back or, you know, you have this or that, even like pelvic floor stuff, like prolapse or pelvic girdle pain. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like sometimes it'll spark up right. again because it's yeah. already happened. You're going to be mm-hmm. at an increased risk for it happening yeah. again, but. And, and really once of knowing what to do about it. Yeah. Once one of those veins prolapses, it never like actually fully completely goes away because the wall of the vein is now injured. And so, um, but they can recede and they can be asymptomatic, but they had that once you, once you kind of have, have them, they're there. And if you have an external hemorrhoid, you absolutely have internal hemorrhoids or, or at least one because they happen inside first and then they make their way out. Okay. And does it feel like something's in your butt? Like, does it feel uh, like something's like just itching in the or, way or uh, like... I, I didn't ever really had a lot of itching. It was more just like, yeah, you could kind of feel just like something. Yeah. And I think that can be pretty concerning, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, some people have a lot of um, itching. So I'll tell, I think I said this on the podcast already one time, Bobby on a jump braced really hard and hit the ground really hard and like had like traumatic hemorrhoids, a couple Oh. come out on that and i he i he like maybe check them <laughs> and i was this was like before we were married i think and i, I was like oh my god <laughs> what is that <laughs> and they were big and they were swollen and they were gross yeah. <laughs> but even those like even those have receded he now religiously uses the squatty potty um and is very good about his breathing exercises. i feel like that would be a really good situation to have a bidet if you had like yeah we didn't ha- yeah, we didn't 
I I need to get yeah. one. Yeah. As long as you don't turn it on high unexpectedly. I've literally before a couple of times like screamed because I turned it the wrong way and it was like water blasting my butt. Like, I was like, what is going on? Oh my gosh. Uh, use with so caution. <laughs> User error is you know, not our responsibility. Yeah, I think uh, something that can be helpful for hemorrhoids and I found helpful early postpartum was also perennial support. So I actually would wear kind of compression shorts that seemed, and really just in general heaviness in that period that was helpful. Um, and what is then, that jock strap type thing? Oh, called? the V the V2 support. There's one called the V2 support or the pelvic floor press. They're the same. They just have two different names. The same company, I think, too. You can get um, them on Amazon, right? Yep. Yeah. It's like a yeah. It's like essentially like a jock strap. I think it's again. We don't necessarily want to be relying on that as like a long term solution, but a tool, a a, a tool for mm-hmm. for the you know the time being, and then really the surfaces you're sitting on. I feel like can make a big difference and then sort of how you're sitting on those surfaces. So this conversation has kind of come up a lot this week of I'm symptomatic and this is more for prolapse, but I'm symptomatic of my prolapse sitting at the kitchen table eating dinner and the chair is hard and wooden. The couple things I say to that is, well, moms at the dinner table really never actually sit. They're like (laughs) perched and like ready to like, oh, let me get this. Let me get this. And like are constantly you know, putting out fire. So one is like, actually sit, actually stay sitting and breathe and eat and chew, (laughs) chew your food 30 times Um, before you swallow. mm -hmm. (laughs) And then the other thing is also um, like, how high is that chair? Really? I find like, I'm uncomfortable sitting on a chair when my feet aren't on the ground. Yes. I really, you know, I feel a lot of pelvic pressure. I feel a lot of like vein pressure in my legs if I'm sitting on like a bar height chair, never mind in my pelvic floor, but just like globally, I, it just does not feel good on my on my feet, on my legs. And so actually having your feet supported. And so like under my desk right now, I have my yoga bolster. I'm tall. Like I'm 6'2". I'm totally tall enough to have my feet on the ground and have my butt to the back of the chair. But it's too easy when I'm working to like arch forward and perch and like get really excited about what I'm doing. So having something under feet kind of helps everything chill back. So essentially I have a squatty potty under my feet all day if I'm at the computer all day. And that really kind of takes some of that pressure off of that um, posterior outlet tightness. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing is like back breathing and, you know, things that we come back to over and over again, but really expanding (laughs) our rib cage um, because the back of our rib cage tends to mirror the back of our pelvic floor. Mm-hmm. So if we're, you know, that real upright, straight backed posture, that's our, our tight ass posture. And if you're a tight ass, you're more <laughs> likely to have hemorrhoids and fissures. It's just comes with the territory. Yeah. <laughs> um, and if you're actually sitting in a supportive chair, you can do that. Like you can feel that like expansion from the back of your rib cage into the chair if you're actually mm-hmm. sitting and not perched forward. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but exactly. also being able to sit on your sit bones because if you're really tight in your outlets, your sit bones tend to kind of scoop under. And so you're not mm-hmm. like 
thinking of like opening those sit bones and really sitting, like feeling like you're sitting on quarters, take some pressure off your anus and tailbone. Whereas like mm-hmm. if you're slouching or maybe you're sitting more forward on your pubic bone, those can all increase the pressure. So sitting on your sit bones is huge. I even tell people to mm-hmm. put like a water bottle or something between their knees to help open their outlets and like mm-hmm. get your sit bones positioned. So my dad is having some kind of like colorectal surgery on Monday. And I asked him, I was like, do you have some kind of pillow to sit on? Cause they're driving down here in two weeks. And I'm like, that's going to be miserable. And mom said that they said, absolutely don't use a coccyx pillow or a donut pillow. It's too much pressure down. Too much pressure. And so I was like, do maybe like some like railroad sitting maybe so, yeah. so like uh to like along the femurs to this ischial tuberosities if he's very tender but if they don't want any of that downward pressure then uh you know i wouldn't yeah do that. so that got me thinking of like how are you gonna because even like sitting like a, at a 30 degree i learned this from working in the hospital like the beds if mm. they were at a 30 degree incline or decline whatever you want to say like um, bed sores and stuff a lot of sacral pressure when you're there so like sitting anyway in the car even if you put the seat back I can't imagine is going to be real comfortable and then you can't really put stuff under your feet in a car because the airbag is in front of you and you don't want that hitting your knees um so I'm like oh I don't know how that's gonna go we'll see (laughs) how that 18 hour drive goes yeah I think for hemorrhoids too if they're really uncomfortable. They're really impacting your life. They're very difficult to deal with. I mean, the procedure to have a hemorrhoidectomy isn't like the most pleasant thing in the world, but for some people is life-changing and they can either band them or they do surgery to remove them. And yes, there's going to be a recovery period, but, but sometimes that is necessary. And so um, in North Carolina, I felt like Uh, a lot of times the surgeons would like, or the doctors would like be really hesitant to do anything with them and just be like, oh, manage it, manage it, management, conservative management. But sometimes we would, they would just be impacting people's life so much that I'd say, let's let's maybe get a second opinion. And then they'd have them either banded or removed. And they were like, why did I wait so long to do this? I think that's something to consider kind of because if that vein wall is damaged, you know, we can do all the right things. It just may be that the the horse is out of the barn sometimes not. And that's not to be discouraging, but to just let people know that that is sometimes we need medical management. So um, I know I've told you this story, but I think I cut it from our last podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so, so this absolutely do not try this. Um, Cause I didn't go through with it cause it was too scary, but So when you have one part of having like chronic anal fissures is the buildup of scar tissue. Oh, yes. yes, So like it can create like skin tags Mm -hmm. and, you know, being 22, I didn't really want the appearance of my butthole to have skin tags. So I dove in to the interwebs, which was a very dangerous place to find this information. Oh my God. This is like, this story just proves I have like zero like humility when it comes to talking about my pelvic floor. And so I had a skin tag and I was like searching and people were saying how they would take floss and band it and like it would fall off. No, (laughs) no, 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 no. 
no 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 so ash and i were in korea at the time and i was like ash i think we should try this like you have to help me though because i can't really like see what i'm doing and it was like so tiny that like even getting the floss around it was not like even feasible um oh my gosh but but then i was so nervous that i was like my butt was so tight you couldn't even like really see anything Oh, thank God we aborted that mission. Oh my God. I did some serious like damage. Oh my God. Because I have like avascular necrosis to your asshole. As this floss is just like hanging out. Oh my God. We had a dog growing up who ended up with like this big elbow growth, but it was like a. like it was just like attached to us by a small string, but it was like getting really big. So we went, took him to the vet and the vet banded it. Oh my gosh. And we just, she's like, it'll just fall off in a couple of days. Just don't do it. Don't do anything about it. And I remember waking up one morning and there was this like oh my bloody gosh, gross. ball just like on the floor. <laughs> oh my God. That's so gross. Yeah, well, that my makes dad. Me think of like, oh god. My dad had goats, and he would ban the males, and and I'm like, that just seems so cruel to me to like ban. I mean, it's very common practice. You you yeah. ban a lot of animals. I don't know why like dogs are a special exception and we take them in to get neutered but um anyway it was just like horrifying like when I was younger I'm like you're gonna do what you're gonna just like wrap it off (laughs) like what did they wrap it with like a like a really thick rubber band like it was like a rubbery band kind of thing I don't know how he got it on I never watched the process happen but afterwards I was like what is going on there and he was like oh they'll just fall off and I'm like that's so cruel so Elsie speaking of testicles she was like sitting on the floor the other day and like rhino is not neutered and he's very large he's like 160 pounds um and he like walks by her and she was like ew his particles (laughs) and I just about died I was like oh my gosh that's the perfect name for them (laughs) particles particles (laughs) That's good. We need to get him neutered though, like last year. <laughs> we'll see how that goes. But yeah. anyway, oh hemorrhoids gosh. to testicles. That was that was a jump. Annoying <laughs> balls. <laughs> Annoying little things. Butt um, cuts and butt balls. Butt pearls. Well, is, is that a thing though? Butt pearls is like a thing. Because we started talking about pearl fish. And now what are butt hemorrhoid- pearls? Hemorrhoids. That's what they're called. No, I'm just calling that right oh, now. Because, okay. <laughs> like, butt cuts is nicer than anal fissures. Yeah, butt so. cuts is way more fun to say. But anyway, hopefully yeah. those tips were helpful. If you have butt cuts or butt pearls or any <laughs> other butt things going on. Butt problems. Um, but find you a PT if you have any of that going on because that could be a lifesaver at least you know mm-hmm. like a resource and someone who can help you point you in the right direction for other resources love your bush love your bush and spread the, spread bushy, the love. bushy love you can communicate with addy and i both in regards to the podcast questions comments concerns topics that you want discussed on our podcast facebook page don't beat around the bush podcast as well as our email account which is don't beat around the bush podcast at gmail.com 
You can also find our podcast on all the major podcast platforms. So please subscribe, comment, and share all the bushy love. It's probably pretty obvious that our episodes are edited and produced by Addie and myself. (laughs) And our music is provided by Blockhead. 